Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. You are the one who invites us deeper into your love. You are the one who invites us deeper into your healing, into your restoration, into your renewal, into your peace, into your goodness, into your mercy, into your kindness, into your joy. You are the one who seeks us out. And we say thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, and your mercy. You are good. In your name, we want to honour you, we want to praise you, we want to trust you, we want to seek after more of you and to know you in all your fullness. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks and honour and praise. Amen and amen. If you're in a space where God is continuing to minister to you, thanks team. Please stay that, receive that, be open to that, record that, write that down. Don't want to short circuit anything that the Spirit might be doing. Um, So just, and we want to continue, I guess, no, not I guess, but in worship in a slightly different way in that um, we're doing a series on daring at the moment, uh, daring in various aspects of our life and our, our heart of the Father and pursuing the ways of Jesus. Um, and last week we spoke about daring prayer. We spoke about the daring nature of prayer and the invitation of the daring prayer. So I wonder how you went. Um, I know there's a few people and if you've got a testimony and a story I just want to invite you to come and stand or sit down on these seats down on my right hand side sit next to the wonderful Abigail uh, and uh, Kiralee they'll welcome you uh, so if you just want to go and sit there I've got a couple of stories I share we've got cards on the seats um, now these cards are an invitation um, for you uh, and without creating pressure or formula I want to encourage you to write the date on it but what needs to shift in me that I might participate in daring worship? Um, maybe it's a decision to align my heart with the Father through declaring Jesus as Lord. Maybe that's something that you haven't done yet. Maybe that's your act of worship. Maybe that's about stepping through the waters of baptism next week. Maybe it's a decision to submit an attitude or a mindset or a behaviour into worship with God. Maybe it's a decision to submit a relationship or something that you've enjoyed or received blessing, or maybe you need to s- submit that because you've kind of held it and haven't recognised it as the blessing of God. I want to invite you to write it down. Maybe it's something else that God will reveal to you. Maybe uh, write it down, share it with someone, pray for one another, and give account for it. Um, you know, later on, see, you know, ask if someone shares it with you, go to them next week and say, how'd you go with that? What's happened for you in that? How's that uh, unfolded for you? And put the card somewhere where you'll see it every day, because we don't want it just to be a Sunday decision. We want it to be a way of life and offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. So that's why the cards are on the seats for you. Um, so I, I received this, a couple of stories. 
A couple of reflections after our message last week. Um, Hi Simon, have been thinking about the power of prayer after your sermon this morning. I don't know if you knew uh, what I was like before you came to Horsham, uh, but I was an alcoholic, which isn't surprising as most of my family were. I used to be drunk every day and sometimes would even pass out and even though I wanted to stop, I couldn't. And then at the beginning of 2000, Alan Anderson, previous senior minister here, had a midnight service. Now we were at a party where as usual I had been drinking but we decided to go to the service and during the service we were invited to come forward and light a candle uh, and to offer a prayer. I don't know uh, what my husband prayed but as I was lighting the candle all I said was please God help me to stop drinking. That was all my prayer and from that moment on the craving left me. I've not been drunk in 20 years. Um, they, they do say I might have a glass of wine when I'm out to dinner but after one or two glasses I can't drink anymore that is the power of prayer that has happened in my life the power of prayer is important and people need to know that I've come a long way since then and God is still with me uh, I've had people ask me at the time how I could give up drinking and I said it wasn't me but God who did it um, so that's pretty cool what a great testimony yeah um, I've received a, another email uh, this week. I had a conversation with someone and asked them to email because one of the things about these messages is, I mean, we could do a whole year on faith. We could do a whole year on prayer. We could do a whole year on worship. We could do a whole year on serving. We could do a whole year on proclamation and invitation and we would still only just scratch the surface. Um, there's every, every message that I've been thinking about on this, like I, I know I'm only kind of touching on touch points and that's the point in some ways that I just want to touch on stuff to awaken us and stir us and shake us um, not not violently not aggressively but just to unsettle us a little bit and provoke us in the thought so uh, from Joylene Newell who um, Joylene and oh Graham Graham oh, no name just escaped me there they've been traveling from Donald once a fortnight um, I pray about little things all the time because it teaches me to trust God and see him answer then because I know how it, I know he works and I can trust him for little things I can then trust him with the bigger things of life if you can't trust him for little things how can you ever trust him for the really big things so that was a great encouragement and a great challenge to me we received this testimony uh, I was feeling sore during last week's uh, service this was I prayed about it during communion and experienced healing praise Jesus um, that was cool uh, just a, a different note to get in our prayer cards also received this email uh, as an encouragement felt like it was a good one to pass on as well just wanted to share this verse on my heart about prayer since this morning uh, from Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 1 to 3 I'll stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts uh, entrances entryways I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint so the complaint Habakkuk is a is a miserable kind of prophet in lots of ways and goes to God and argues with God but he waits for this answer to the complaint and the and Kate Pollack sent this to me and she says love that because it gives the image of prayer being active positioning ourselves to be in an opportune place to hear from God and actively waiting in expectation. Then the Lord responds to be ready to write it down for the sake of others. Expect an answer, though it may linger. So be encouraged in that. Jan Smith, you've got a testimony. Good, Andrew. Thanks, mate. Um, just a little God moment last week. 
Uh, I belong to the University of the Third Age, which sounds very salubrious, but it's just a little club that we all get together and do things. A friend of mine and I, we do writing for fun. And last Monday we were asked to do an acrostic of our names. Now she wants to remain anonymous. Yeah. But her name begins with J. Yep. Same as mine. And when they asked her to read out her name, she said, J is for Jesus follower. And she said that in a class of secular people. How many are in the class? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, six, <laughs> six or seven of us or eight yeah, of us. Okay, yep, cool. Yep. yep. And the uh, instructor or the facilitator of the class said, excuse me, and she said, Jesus follower. And the lass beside her, a little bit hard of hearing, what did she say? <laughs> Jesus follower. And it was just enjoyable. It, it, did my heart good, and um, I just want to encourage her. You, she comes here. You might track her down, but um, but don't. But don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was just a lovely little uh, incident of her being daring yep. and brave, and uh, a, a great encouragement to me. Very good. And May, Jen, just we want to declare uh, life over the University of Third Age for you and your friends as you declare faith and as you declare life that other people of your generation who don't yet know Jesus would come to declare Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour because of your witness and the witness of your friend, yeah? Yes. Yep. Blessings. Cool. Thank you very much. Good on you. Kim, there's still time if anyone has any because my message is still under construction. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay. Do you want me to hold that or you're right? I'm here. It's okay. Come on. You're right. You're right. Come on. You're here now. Just being up here yep. is daring, yes. so that's enough now. No. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Is this okay? Yeah, thank light? you. Okay. Okay. <sighs> okay. A few weeks ago, um, Peter and I, Rebecca, Urbacker, before they left for their holiday, asked me if I would lead our prayer group, our life group. And I said, yeah, okay, I think I can do that. Um, and I thought about it and I put it to them. I thought, I love the War Room movie mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. all about prayer. Mm -hmm. I thought, this will be cruisy, we'll watch the war room movie. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll think about the rest of the four weeks. It'll be fine. Um, but then I realised that prayer is my big issue, Special, especially audible prayer. I've only prayed in front of eight people, I guess, um, out loud, and that was a big dare mm, for me. Mm, mm. Um, having to open in prayer and close in prayer um, and that kind of thing. Um, and last week you talked about prayer and I was nearly going to come up and I thought, no, nah, I can't do this. So, yes, stupidly I said something to you, didn't I? <laughs> Not stupidly at all. Not stupidly at all. We're all blessed. Yep. So, anyway, that's fine. But... Last weekend, 
God started a healing in my life. About 45 years ago, a bit more, I've been, I've been baptised since 74. But um, after that, I made some really stupid, hurtful decisions. I hurt a lot of people, including myself. I've lived with guilt and fear, no self-confidence. Um, and um, last weekend, God showed me his love and his forgiveness and his power. I accept myself now instead of self-loathing. I just want to give him all the glory. <laughs> And wait, there's more. I, I can actually say with 100%, I love God. I am in love with God. It's not just a dry faith anymore. I love him. I'm in love with him. I want more. I don't want to go home. It's not like, like today. It's not, come on, Simon, hurry up. I've got to get, get home and do the housework and whatever. <laughs> Sorry, please forgive me. <laughs> You're good. You're good. We're good. I just want to stay here and have more and more. And I've said to God, please don't let my hand go. Mm. I just want more. Well, I think God says to you, please don't let my hand go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And may God increase his favour over you. May freedom increase. May blessing increase, may yes. confidence increase, yes. may boldness increase, and may you become a mighty witness for the glory and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah yes. absolutely. Have you finished or not? Yes. Yeah, okay. That's good. <laughs> no one else? Nope, fine. Oh, sorry. Yep. Abigail? This will be really good for my message. You might not have to hurry me up at all, Kim, today. Um, it's not really about me being daring or anything, but my friend, I've been praying for her for a very long time. Um, she's been in my class for, since year two. Um, and she's not exactly like me at all. She's not a Christian. She's quite... She swears a lot and um, puts people down and things like that. Um, and I've experienced a lot of pain from her, but God's been able to help me to forgive her recently. And um, on the holidays, she, she messaged me and she's like, hey, Abigail, I'd just like to say sorry for all the hurt I've caused you over the years. Um, and I'd, I'd like to really be a better person this year. Um, and she's like, can you please help me to, to be that? And it's like, Yay! God answered my prayer. Yay! It's just yeah, very exciting. And she's only sweared six times this year. Six times. <laughs> and every time she's apologised. So that's that's pretty good. Are you going to count all year? I mean, I could. <laughs> but we won't. We won't. Uh, Abigail, I love your heart. Love your spirit in that. And what a great encouragement. Just small things, isn't it? It's not. It's not very. Doesn't sound very big, does it? 
but what an influence that you're already bringing into that young girl's life. Uh, what, a, what a freedom that you're bringing, what a friend that you have been for a long period of time that's starting to bear fruit because of the seed that you've planted in the life that you live. May God continue to encourage and sustain you and water you and nurture you and feed you so that the fruit that you bear comes from the Holy Spirit and will just increase and multiply as you become closer to Jesus others come closer to Jesus and know Jesus as well yeah blessing see you Abigail brilliant yeah fantastic and it's a good reminder like we want to we want to do more than just show up on a Sunday we want to do more than just have children's ministry or youth ministry we want to raise young disciples of faith who become Old disciples of faith. And disciple is those who learn and those who teach others. Just, Dinah. Good morning. Um, Most people would know that I'm a little bit of an extrovert. Um, A little bit. (laughs) But when it comes to actually acting upon something that God has been speaking to me about and God has been speaking to me about this for 12 months or more um, to, to be in contact with my neighbours and to develop a relationship with them and beyond, you know, waving to them and saying, hi, how are you doing? Would you like some bread next Friday night? Um, so over the last few weeks, um, I've really had it on my mind to go over and just take one of my neighbours out for a coffee who is a young mum of three boys so I can very much relate to what you know she's sort of everyday life that she's going through and I keep going no 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 Sundays is my day of rest I'm just going to go and have my usual Sunday afternoon nap and you know just restore myself so last Sunday after church I just had seriously it was like God just nagging me and he was just in my head going go over and talk to her, do it right now, do it right this minute. And I was like, no, okay. And in the end, I said to Adrian, oh, I can't get him out of my head. Like, I've got to go and I've got to go and take her for coffee. And um, so I just grabbed my keys and my wallet and I walked over and I knocked on her door and uh, said, hey, how you doing? And she goes, oh, yeah. And she was ordering her boys around, getting them to put laundry away and that sort of thing. And I just said, We've never done this before, but I can't get you out of my head today. Can we, can I take you out for coffee? And she goes, see you boys. <laughs> and she grabbed a wallet and, and so we went up to Macca's and we sat there for a couple of hours and we chatted. And she obviously didn't have coffee. We did, yeah, we did have coffee in between the chatting. Um, but um, just... I know that God meant for that to happen because even though we never got onto spiritual topics, just hearing her and what she's going through and the the difficulties that she's facing raising her children, her emotions and how she's just feeling, you know, inadequate sometimes, am I doing the right thing? And I was just thinking, oh my gosh, she is just my story all over again. And so... You know, it was just wonderful to be able to sit down and get to know her and to start the beginning of that relationship. Uh, Diana, may God continue to use all your personality in all its of ex... Well, I think being an extrovert is not ungodly and we should never put ourselves down because of who we are. No. No. May he continue to increase his favour 
actually out of who you are, out of the truth and out of the fullness of who you are. Mm. And may that witness and that love be the, uh, the seed of something beautiful and glorious that speaks into her family mm. and that speaks into a wider neighbourhood, that brings healing into her life, brings healing into your life and freedom and courage increase so that, again, we see greater, greater fruit uh, and greater blessing. Or maybe, and maybe we don't see your fruit, but that you trust in the fruit mm. that God is in God, what God has planted, yeah? Yes. Um, keep trusting in him, keep serving him, and keep being a walk in obedience to him. Well done. Thank you very much. Yeah. And every, every, Shirley's coming. So every daring act, come up, Shirley. Every daring act, before the daring act, and these are all very different. Some are big, some are small. small. Every daring act requires a daring decision about, um, if you just, you're gonna, do you want to come up here? Can you come up here or not? Can you come up here? Um, every daring act requires a daring decision about the kind of person that we want to be. And that's why we're exploring ways in which we uh, live and respond to God in faith and in prayer and in worship, in uh, serving and in proclamation and invitation. Good morning, good morning. Um, on the way here, I received a text from my youngest child and it relates to the five love languages of Gary Chapman. Are people generally familiar with Gary Chapman's five love languages? Some will be. That's okay, right. well, the, the five of them are affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical, physical touch. And um, this is, uh, I'm sharing it because of the, the coffee with the neighbour. Yeah. Okay. The five love languages, affirmation, your coffee is delicious, acts of service, I made you coffee, receiving gifts, here's a coffee, yeah. uh, quality time, let's go get a coffee, and physical touch, let me hold you like I'm holding a coffee. There you go. Thank you very much for that. Blessings in your relationships and your family too with that. So we want to encourage um, and cultivate a daring life. Joy Lennon and Graham are here. Sorry, I didn't even see you over there before. Sorry about that. Um, encourage and cultivate a daring life that goes hand in hand with God's purposes in a way that's designed to stir, provoke, um, and challenge our relationship with God. And this is whether you're new or exploring who, <laughs> who Jesus is. Um, maybe you've been a, a person of faith for a while. Uh, we want you to be uh, continuing to be awakened and stirred uh, to what God is doing and inviting us into over this series. You want a second round? I do, but this is not for me. Uh, oh, I don't know about doing it. Okay. No, no, no. This, this is for someone who's not an extrovert. Yeah, okay. Who would spontaneously combust if they stood up here. Just before you do that, how many people think I'm an extrovert? Honestly, go on. If you were to look at me and you'd think I'm an extrovert, go on, come on. Anyone? No one thinks. Oh, okay. He's not. I'm not. I'm actually an introvert. So there you go. Okay. Just I, got, I just got handed a note. Okay. And it says, this is hard for me to talk about, but the last few months I have been, have been really hard for me. I've been battling depression and anxiety with a few problems and I'm trying my hardest to do my best. I've been... Shutting myself down to the outside world, 
but since coming to church and praying and talking to talking to the Lord, it is slowly lifting me up and talking to God. I'm not out of the woods yet, but God is helping me and my friends. That's so good. Very good. Yeah. Well, what to do now? I guess all of that is an act of worship. All of that is an act of worship. And my heart and my desire is that our worship would be constant, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. Because I think one of the great sadnesses is that we reduce worship to um, Sunday, and even more we often reduce worship to what I like or what I don't like, which actually then becomes... When it's like that, guess who we're worshipping? Ourselves. Worship is actually an invitation to surrender and declare the glory of God. Um, Yep, good. Uh, God, God says to his people in various forms in Exodus chapter 34, he starts knowing that we, we can get all caught up in the wrong thing. Um, we can uh, focus on the wrong thing. We get distracted like we find the shiny thing or the thing that frustrates us the most or the, the annoying thing. We kind of grab a hold of that and hold on to that. And way back uh, when God was starting to lead his people, he simply said, do not worship any other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. And we, we see jealous as this negative, and it has lots of negative connotations, but God is jealous for you. He wants your full attention. Because when he's got our full attention, that's when he's able to work with us and direct us and guide us, lead us out of the woods. But even, even depression and mental health, that becomes our focus and our attention and we, lose, we give up on God, we lose sight of God because all these other things crowd in and overwhelm us. And there might be things that we can't feel or see, but we uh, to be able to come to God and say, I will worship you, I will declare you as God over all things. And if that's all that we can say, that's an act of worship. Worship is song, worship is music, worship is proclamation, worship is declaration, worship is quiet, worship is loud. And then Jesus reminds him uh, when he goes to tempt, uh, after his baptism, he's uh, in the wilderness for 40 days uh, and Satan um, invites and says, if you bow down to me, you can have all of this, all these kingdoms, All these realms, they're all yours if you bow down to me. And Jesus says, get away from me. For the word says, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What has our hearts? What has our hearts? Daring worship is more than how we do it, uh, but why we worship and who we worship. It's about the posture and the heart that we bring before God and the attention that we give to God. I want to say that in this because I I think worship... There's a sense where I'm struggling because worship is often, like I said, reduced to this time, but I think it's important to speak into. 
Um, there's lots that's been said about the Sunday gathering. I think gathering, whether it's Sunday or Wednesday or whatever day, gathering as a church, as a body and a family is important. It's necessary. It's actually a biblical concept. Uh, we, can either, we can either become so focused on Sunday that we define Sunday as our only sense of worship and the rest of our lives are an absolute shambles and we don't give God any credit or any honour anywhere, or we become so focused on doing everything else anywhere that we lose sight of the body and community and family and setting aside some time to be intentional in that. And uh, in scriptures, we're actually given a, a couple of a different verses. There's, again, there's lots of different verses. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This is one way to encourage one another. This is one way I hope you're encouraged. We, my, my sense and my value about gathering is so that you, as you are scattered, because we are scattered from from Neil to Donald to Horsham to Matoa to wherever it might be and wherever you go in your work week, we are a scattered people, that you have been encouraged and lifted up and challenged and stirred and reminded and empowered. That can be hard to do on your own sometimes. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We need to be encouraging and gathering. You know, lots of people will talk about um, the end of the times and the end of the world is coming and, you know, it's getting closer to that time that we read about. Okay, then let's take it seriously. Who do you encourage? Who do we cheer on? Who do we seek out? Who do we pray for? The psalmist, lots of texts on prayer in the psalmist. With my mouth I will greatly extol the Lord. In the great throng of worshippers I will praise him. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Um, the Ark of the Covenant uh, in the Old Testament Hebrew Scriptures carried the presence of God. And I just want to spend a couple minutes on this uh, because I think it's incredible and it's a great challenge. I think it's one that I need to offer to you um, so I hope that you can receive this. The Ark of the Covenant carried the presence of God and it was uh, a box. It's much more descriptive and you can, there's lots more description. We can, again, we could do a whole series on the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of God guiding people. But it was the Ark where the tablets of the law were uh, kept and it was set apart as holy. There was a whole ritual around how it was meant to be carried, how it was meant to be moved, uh, what we were to do in that, around that ark. Um, there is history of it moving in and out of various tribes, bringing blessing, uh, bringing trauma, bringing challenges to people who dishonoured the ark and the presence of God. Um, it, it's, there's stories of the ark being put in front of the temple of man-made gods, the gods that other tribes have been worshipping, and their god falling over and breaking because uh, the ark, the presence of God, was so, uh, so what's the word, um, tangible and real. The ark reminded God's people of his presence amongst them, leading them and protecting them. And this is, this is what happens. In one instance where King David is bringing the ark back into Jerusalem. Now this, this does my head and my spirit in, so let me... You might have read this story. You might know where it's going to go. Here we go. I don't know where it's going to go, to be honest. So if you know, let me know. Um, David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf wearing a linen ephod, which is like a, 
an apron put over him, and uh, historians will say it was an apron uh, that was put over the priests, and it had uh, gold sewn into it, and the purpose was that as they moved in amongst and around the ark, that the sun would reflect off this garment and declare the glory, so they'd reflect the sun, which is quite an astonishing kind of image, isn't it? Um, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. Nothing better than a trumpet sound. Um, Next one, Grace. Oh, there it is. It's all right. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, Michal, I'm sorry, I don't know, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it, and David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. There's this movement. There's this celebration. Now, I read that, and there's a part of me that cringes because of the dancing. Now, obviously, he wasn't Baptist or Church of the Christ. <laughs> um, but I am challenged and unsettled when I read this text, not even because of the dancing, but because there's been times when I've been Macal. And there's been times where I've heard stories and been in conversations where other people have spent more time and energy looking at what others are doing or how we're not doing it the way they like it. And there's something taking place in our hearts and our spirits that's removed the heart of worship. Because our attention isn't being turned towards God, it's instead being turned to ourselves. But the heart of David, the heart of, sorry, the heart of daring worship is to reflect the glory of God to submit and surrender to him regardless of circumstances. When life is against us or for us, worship the Lord, declare him as the one who rules, loves, directs, guides and strengthens. To know that he is our provider, our hope, our rock, our refuge, our salvation, the God of mercy, the God of grace, the one who restores, renews and makes whole. That's worship. And as we do that, our hearts begin to reflect his glory rather than the circumstances or reflect his glory rather than comparing what others do or how they've done it or what they've got. See, I love that David didn't leave his worship in the procession. Listen to what he does next. David returned home to bless his household. When we worship, when we come into this space, Does it inspire you? Does it awaken you? Is your heart that drawn and attentive to the heart of God, to the heart of the Father, that his mere presence, that his mere invitation into love and relationship inspires and awakens you to go home and bless the household, to bless your workplace, to bless your neighbourhood? Now, 
There might be lots of reasons why that doesn't happen. But I want to encourage us, if it's not happening, to first check our own hearts. To check our own motivations. Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. You know, I reckon there's a problem there with her heart. And that's what unsettles me more than anything. David said to Michal, Get this for a, a burn. It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler of the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes but by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honour. And I wonder what my undignified worship might look like. David looked at God and Michal looked at David. David watched the ark and celebrated the presence of God and there's been times that I've watched other people rather than look to the heart of God. And we can spend so much time and energy on the expression of worship without ever giving any attention to the heart of worship that feeds the expression. What's your heart directed towards? Who or what has your attention? David was willing to be undignified in his celebration before the Lord. And before we get caught up in expression, I want to plead with us as people of faith, and whether that's you've been someone of faith for many years or you're trying to explore this whole idea of church, set your eyes on God. Worship is about God. Worship is life in him. You carry the presence of God within you. You are, the, you are the ark. You are the covenant carriers. You are the light carriers. Within us is the healer, the restorer, the way maker, the promise keeper, the miracle worker. You step into, our, we step into our families, our workplaces and our neighbourhoods as those who carry the presence of God. Do we spend time looking at others, judging how they are going about it or setting the tone that will invite others to participate in life and in worship with us? Are we the complainers and the comparers or the ones who invite others to participate with us? The psalmist writes, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care and we're to kneel before the shepherd our hearts our minds our bodies our spirits everything about us the position of our heart will determine the posture of the mind and the body Jesus says uh, about the Pharisees and religious leaders, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. In Matthew 15, 9. 
Paul writes in Romans, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Is everything, is absolutely everything coming under the authority and the mercy, the goodness and the grace and the provision of God? Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Worship for me takes on various forms. Um, Sometimes songs are a great expression of worship for me. Um, Waymaker is a song that's undoing me at the moment but I recognise also I want to and I need to turn my heart, my life towards God. So I'm learning again and still and always to sit in quietness and being okay with that quiet moment. But I've also learnt that worship takes on, if I can have the team come up, um, we'll go into 10,000 reasons, thanks. Um, This is my personal expression, I guess, and ways that help me and remind me of worship and, and declaring God and the goodness of God and trusting in the faithfulness of God. But learning to sit in quietness as well as sitting in the noise. Worship for me has been declaring the goodness of God as I recognise and admire the blue, you know that bright blue in the sky where you feel like you can reach out and draw a picture in it? The glory of God, just as much as watching the thick black clouds roll across and declaring worship of God and the glory of God through the storms. I sat in my office as I was preparing this message, and you know, I watched the trees sway out my window. Do you know why they did that? For no other reason that the wind was blowing. I sat and listened to the squawk of of the cockatoos or the galahs, all those things that annoy us. Do you know why they do that? Because that's what they're designed to do. And I thought, how glorious, how marvellous, how wonderful is this God that we serve and we worship. I've taken over this year, over the course of this year and a bit late last year, just looking for different expressions. I've taken just to touching the very, this sounds, uh, anyway, this is what I'm doing. Touching the various textures of leaves as I walk between home and office and even touching the textures of fence lines and bricks and paints. Because I think someone's crafted that and shaped that and given form to it and to smell the leaves and to again surrender my heart to God to know that he's shaped the leaf and he's shaped me. I've admired the skills of designers and engineers and the craftsmen of builders and thought, wow, God's given us the capacity to to do this. Learning again, oh man, this is, learning again to, 
to love and care for my family in a new way as we discern what the next season has for us, knowing that school's finished, everyone's on peas. <laughs> I've got to again learn some stuff, surrender some stuff, and work out what it means to love and care for my family and cheer them on in faith. Got to learn to give thanks again and surrender every day. Because there's some days it's just hard. Some days all I've got to do is just trust in God and then He's created the sky as much as the rolling clouds. And then He's given me purpose and value and meaning. And he's called me to lead community. And my desire in this time is that as we gather on a Sunday is that our daring worship might be as we go, it would be an overflow of our daring worship as we come. Believing that as we give our full attention to God in all of our ways that we will know his blessing, his provision and discover his purposes and express more of his kingdom in transforming our community in the name of Jesus. I want to be a part of a worshipping community where the world might laugh at us, where they might look at us, they critique us, they might call us weird. But we are able to stand where I am able to stand and say, I am completely, wholeheartedly, unreservedly, unashamedly, passionately sold out for God. What's your heart given to?